the Standing Orders podcast. Welcome to this latest edition of the Standing Orders podcast with me, Dr. Thomas Foreman, and my co-host, Councillor Sue Lorne. Good afternoon, Thomas. How are you this afternoon, Councillor? Absolutely fine and dandy. Thank you very much. It's been a good Friday. I haven't had um, a lot of stress, which is lovely, leading up to a nice relaxing weekend, hopefully, with my two grandchildren. Wonderful. That's what I like to hear. A nice bit of relaxing before the stress levels mount up (laughs) as the grandchildren arrive. Exactly. (laughs) Honestly, every time I see you, I still can't believe you're a grandparent. You just don't look old enough. <laughs> you keep saying that, keep saying it, and I'll uh, I'll take it. <laughs> now we've had a bit of a uh, we've had a bit of a break with uh, with podcasts, mainly because to start with, which probably seems like a hundred years ago to you, uh, you were on holiday for a few weeks. Um, yes. And obviously, we don't talk too much about that because, you know, you're a woman of the people. And so you don't go to nice, exotic, hot countries while there's a cost of living crisis. No, no but anyway, in fairness, it had been booked up before the cost of living crisis came along. Of course it had. And uh, then, of course, I had exams earlier this month. And so I decided yes, actually between being knackered from exams and uh, everything else happening, um, it just kept well it, it time just flew really and there so, wasn't enough hours in a day was there there wasn't and i will say while you're away i had a bit of uh, a bit of spare time because it was christmas and new year and whenever you go away somehow my diary is never as full when you're away um <laughs> as it is when you're here and so i did actually do a edition of the podcast without you I can't believe you did that. I know, uh, but I didn't <laughs> upload it because I listened back to it and I just thought all the magic and sparkle of the podcast is actually you. I'm, I'm just kind of like the wow. barnacle. This is, this is a flattering afternoon, isn't it? I don't believe for one minute that you couldn't have aired it out. I'm sure it would have been really good. No, seriously, even I was bored and I find myself highly entertaining. <laughs> did you talk to yourself for <laughs> actually believe it or not it would have been the longest podcast we'd ever done <laughs> with no one to interrupt you <laughs> no, just, once i get good tailwind there's no stopping me <laughs> I, I haven't heard it yet but i really need to hear that one <laughs> And in exciting podcast news as well, uh, it looks like we could be doing a special guest podcast with... Sorry, I'll, I'll let you, you took a big breath and so I'm not going to stop I was you, just going to, No, I was just going to say, that's really exciting, this news that you're going to give us. <laughs> well, it's, it is exciting because we, we should be doing a podcast in the next week or two um, with a chap from Norfolk County Council who leads on the Flourish scheme uh, that the county do, which looks at how businesses, uh, communities, councils can actually kind of make pledges as to how they're going to improve the lives of children and kind of well basically like then carry out that pledge through the year and then kind of feedback and make new pledges for the forthcoming year and so it's something that's been really successful has been greeted really positively by organizations like the local uh football club if you can call it a football club at norwich city um and places like aviva um and obviously you know 
Thorpe St. Andrew have uh, have yeah. signed up as well. And so we were talking about kind of how to push the message out further. And actually, the topic of webinars, and we were going to a webinar with Nalk. And then I said, well, why don't you come and join us on the podcast? Because Sue loves someone different to talk to. So I said, so why not come and uh, why not come and have a chat? And so he very graciously accepted the invitation and said he's very excited to do it. And so we have to be on best behaviour. And because we're talking about uh, helping children in the community and about encouraging councils to look at making pledges, and they don't have to just be councils in Norfolk, but councils anywhere. And I generally think we have to be on our best behaviour then. So you have to watch your swearing. Uh, <laughs> Thomas, I'm always on my best behaviour. You're the one who's naughty. <laughs> but no, I think it's brilliant. And I think that we should do an open invitation to anybody who wants to join us. I wouldn't go that far because there are some really, <laughs> I mean, in local government, there are some really boring people. Um, and, and after listening to my bloody podcast of just me, I'm one of those boring people. <laughs> I don't think so. You just love the sound of your own voice. I do. And we say that after every council meeting, don't we? I know. That there oh, is Thomas. a good reason why when I wrote my CV at the top of the list of things I did as town clerk and chief executive, it was chief advisor to the council. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I talk too much. <laughs> no, no. Amazingly, I think people get the idea by my 25-page CV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Some people say just keep it down to two pages or just the one page if you can. But I oh, know. No, let's definitely write a not. book. No, no. I can't I'm, wait I'm, to read that book. I'm not one to be uh, curtailed <laughs> at any point, as my podcast kind of showed. Um so no, so we're we're hopefully doing that in the next kind of couple of weeks. And then uh, there may be a kind of a spin-off series looking at how different organisations have made pledges and, and various things like that. But that is a big, possibly maybe, as opposed to a firm commitment. But I can definitely say, I think Matthew will be joining us and will be you know, giving. Yeah. And, and to be fair, he's a really nice guy, um, okay. which, you know. Obviously, all local government officers are really nice people. Of so, course, uh, absolutely, it's just the members that are the problem. Um, yeah. <laughs> of course, I, I totally understand that side of it as well. So, but it, uh, yeah, so look forward to that. But actually, I was just thinking, as I said um, about your CV being a book, and I said, oh, you could write a book. Why don't we try that? Why don't we try writing a book? Thank you for listening to the Standing Orders podcast by Politis. Please like and subscribe to get your weekly edition. You can suggest topics by emailing podcast at politisconsulting.co.uk. See you next week. Yeah, well, that's that's that one done. (laughs) That is so cruel. I think that's a very good idea. Yeah, if you've got any more of those, just let me know because my my finger's (laughs) over the button. (laughs) We could write a book about the last seven years' experience. I'll tell you what. um, All the mistakes that we've made and how we rectified them. Well, I've made no mistakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was all the members. <laughs> they just didn't do as you told them to. I, t- I tell you, if you can find a good ghostwriter. Thomas, I could write it. 
Oh, blimey. I tell you what, I think that would actually be really interesting. I mean, what was that program? There was a program on a few years ago, um, which was about a parish council. I think it was called, was it the Casual Vacancy? Or something like that. There was the casual vacancy, but there was also the vicar of Tipoli. Is that the one you're thinking? No, it's definitely it's definitely not. Believe it or yeah, not, the casual that, vacancy. Not the that was yeah, that was quite good actually. And I don't know whether you've ever. Uh, J.K. Got- Rowling wrote that. Was it really? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was. No, I, I remember also. I think it was. I just told you it was. I got given. <laughs> I, got, I got given a book. Um, once, uh, well, not just once. I've been given many books over <laughs> eight, about eleven long years old. Around. But no, it was called something like the Town Clerk, and um, someone thought it would be a really nice gift, and it was something like one of the shall we say sauciest novels relating to local really? government yeah it was it was really a little bit uh, it was really a little bit strange and um, you thought you were about 15 years old and you thought that's, <laughs> that's my career <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it, it was only given to me about four or five years ago despite the graying beard I'm, I'm actually a sprightly early 20s <laughs> Excellent. So do you still have this book? Oh, no, 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 no. No, that went to the shred of a long time ago. I didn't want to leave it. Like, I didn't want to leave it in the office in case anyone thought I was trying to, like, give someone ideas. Excellent. So, so, yeah, what so we gonna, I was just going to say, so what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I think what we said at the last uh, the last edition um, that we did together was that we would actually follow up with some of the other matters relating to uh, local government that we talked about. And so we can continue that because there were some additional bits that we wanted to say that we couldn't quite squeeze into the last edition because that would then have been the longest edition we had had, which then would have only been second to the edition I did myself. So <laughs> we, can, we can cover that very nicely and then perhaps talk about uh, how you feel about stepping down. Um, have you got the countdown clock going? I have got the countdown clock going and I've literally just been writing up my, because as a, I think that we've probably mentioned it, that as a town council, we have a, a Thorpe and Andrew news that goes out uh, three times a year. And uh, because we're going into Perda, we've got to get this out sooner um, rather can than I just, later. Uh, can I just correct you? Uh, it isn't Perda, it's the pre-election period. Okay. I said, Okay. We I don't. Uh, no, you're, you're, it used to be called Perda. Oh, for um, goodness' sake, Thomas! But but then, kind of times have moved on, uh, and well, clearly, we don't all have to move on with times. And, and no one told you. <laughs> <laughs> it took me so many years to get my head around Perda. I'm not moving on from it now. You, you mean the pre-election period? <laughs> <laughs> so. The pre-election period coming up, so we have to get this newsletter out sooner rather than later. And so this afternoon, I have been sitting writing my final article for the Thorpe and Andrew News. And it is, in a way, it is quite sad. But in another way, it's it's good to think that um, there will be more to life after May whenever um, I leave the politics behind. 
the local politics behind. And um, so part of me is thinking, okay, what am I going to do next? And then the other part of me is thinking, it was a good 13 years. It was quite nice. So so we just have to wait and see. But yes, it's it's got good moments and it's got bad moments. So what do you think you miss most? I think it will be the interaction with officers, obviously, and and feeling as can though I just you... can I just check? Is your microphone okay? Because you sound very robotic. Do I? <laughs> yeah, you, you do. You 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 generally sound more robotic than usual. Well, I don't know why. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? No, no, I'm, I'm being serious. Um, I tell you what, we'll continue because it may just be the way I'm hearing you, and actually, the recording of you is probably perfect. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. now I don't so, know what's so, what. So continue. I think you were saying about what you'll miss most. Yes, I think it'll be the interaction with officers and not feeling part um, of the community as as I have done for the last thirteen years. You feel you have a responsibility to the community once you've been elected by them, by the residents, and um, and that is you know there's something quite special. And then to think that I will no longer have an input into what happens in the community anymore is is quite quite sad. And and plus, you know, meeting with the officers and going through the weekly, monthly um, dealings of of the town council and the agendas that's coming up, um, that will be, it will be quite hard, um, you know, to, to move on from that. But that's why I need to find things to keep me occupied or things to focus on for where I'm going to go to from here. I'm not somebody who can sit around and do nothing um, on a weekly, daily basis. Uh, not like my partner, but... Um, <laughs> Just have a little snide comment in there. <laughs> everything, everything okay at home then? Just as you're, as you're looking to step down? <laughs> I bet he's delighted to be spending more time with you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's counting down the there days. He is, actually, he's looking forward to it. But no, and I, I mean that in the nicest possible way. He's always been somebody who um, will only do what has to be done. And he, when he does what has to be done, he does it very well. But um, yes, it's it's a case of, and he's quite happy to, to sit and read or do, you know, all the things that I just don't, don't have time to do unless I'm on holiday. But um but we'll we'll see. I'll get him out doing bits and pieces as well. So, so. did you get a chance to do much reading when you're holidaying in Bognor Regis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did actually, but not as much as I would normally do. I only read three books this time because Blimey. I think I fell asleep for the first week. Were they it's short stories? Been- <laughs> no, they weren't actually. They were they were very good stories, and um, so. But the first week, because I don't know if we mentioned somewhere along the way throughout the year that my daughter got married in August. So it has been a really since last August. It felt as though we just hadn't stopped. There was always something happening every weekend. There was something going on or during the week. So, um, so getting that break just after Christmas was really the first time that, um, I felt as though I could just relax 
Absolutely. And, um, and so unfortunately, I slept for the first week of it and then really enjoyed the second week, which well, was clearly good. You, you need then. That also explains why you wouldn't answer the phone to do a podcast. Um, <laughs> <No>. so- <laughs> you know, and I did take I did take the bits and pieces with me thinking, yeah, there'll be lots of time just to sit and, and talk. And um, and it just didn't happen. Honestly, so I, came- I rang the local hospitals. I rang the local <laughs> place. I was like, where is she? Is everything okay? I'm meant to be doing a podcast. <laughs> She's been cast away. <laughs> and um, and then when we came home, Kevin said, I don't know why you took that stuff with you. And I couldn't say to him, well, actually, I had intended to do this and to do that. Um, so well, it was to be, just a To be fair, I think it's great that you managed to switch off and have some time to recharge and to be honest with you like how can i put it it's always a quiet time of year and and you you have come back full of beans and and that's all i could really ask for yeah. i mean it you, to be fair towards the end of last year you were sounding a bit tired on the podcast <laughs> i could tell you were getting a little bit haggard <laughs> i know it was just thinking every day there's just not enough hours in the day how am I supposed to do all of this? But yes, you're right. I've come back. I'm full of beans. And I've gone, and again, I'm thinking, you know, we've got a couple of months where we have got really got to get the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed uh, before we finish for the this, this term. So we need to, so it's a case of getting all those things in place and getting it all fixed. I know. And, and to be fair, you know, it is a, it's a really strange time of year. And I have to ask, you know, you were saying about, you know, representing the people and actually it's going to be really difficult. you not having input and, and knowing you, I, I know just how difficult that that's going to be. Um, so is it a case that you made the decision kind of recently not to stand or is it something like when you stood last time, you said, this is going to be my final term? No, last time I said I wasn't going to stand and then I was convinced to do otherwise. So so I did. And it didn't take too much convincing because I wasn't really sure about what I was going to do. And this time, yes, it's it's definite. I I've made up my mind maybe two years ago that um it was going to be the the end of it for for and there's nothing to say I won't come back in in four years time if um if I was to get elected but at the moment I think it's just you know it's the little things like and I, this is going to sound really awful but you know just thinking I can just go to the theatre I can book up going to the theatre or something in a few months time a few weeks time and not have to worry oh is there going to be a meeting is there going to be something that I need to cover that uh you know that's going to interfere with that or I'm going to have to cancel it and um and again just you know there's always in the back of your mind should I change my mind or shouldn't I change my mind yeah. and I literally did um, thought whenever I was writing this article for the the newsletter and I've written in there to say that I am standing down in May and I thought there's no going back on it now. I don't have any choice. I'm standing down in May. So no, it's something I thought about for, for well, a little while. To, to be fair, I, I was going to say, you know, if it was something recent, are you uh, jumping before you're pushed? Yeah. Um, but actually, then when you just said, you know, uh, it's really difficult when saying I'll be standing down in May, 
because you're not standing for election. I thought, well, you know, that there is no telling that you won't be standing in May if you stood for election. So. <laughs> and this is the thing, you know, and, and probably people will say that it, that's the reason why I'm doing it. Um, but it, but it's not. I, I don't, I'm not happy with the situation um, in central government at all. Uh, but, and I think it's going to be so hard for all the councillors that have worked so hard hard over the last four, eight years to try to, to make things good for their community. Hard, hard for the Conservative councillors that have worked hard over all these years. It, it's probably looking a little bit rosy for some of the other parties. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know how much they've worked. They haven't been they haven't been elected, so they might not have worked as hard as some of the, the councillors that did well, get elected for their community. Not. At least locally, but I mean, yes. gen- generally, like looking at it, I mean, is there anything that you will miss, kind of, about the political life that you have, or are there lots of things that you won't miss? And I have to ask, you know, on I think we covered at the last, uh, like, look at devolution. Um, I think in the past couple of weeks, there's been a little bit of turbulence with the Norfolk devolution deal. And uh, one of our councillors, who's a portfolio holder at the the county, kind of made a statement criticising the leader of the district council for signing a legal challenge um, against the county council's decision to proceed. So where do you stand on it? Do you think the county was right to proceed? Or do you think that your district council leader is right to sign the letter? Or do you not want to have an opinion at all? No, me without an opinion? I know. Um, no, I, I think that the county were right to do that. You know, to sign the deal. This has gone out. To, this is only just going to consultation. Um, I think that there was um, some discussion about the process you know, that the county I, councillors I, were following. I hate to say this, but I, I think you may previously have said, I think the county council should have done more to consult the districts, should have done more. And now your district council leader has said, oh, I agree with you, Sue. You've said, well, I don't bloody well agree with you. (laughs) No, that's not the case at all. I I said that we should, as a district, we should have had more notification of of what was going on. Um, But again, that was down to the leader of the district council who was part of the the d- discussions and negotiations that was going on that we that didn't get relayed down to the to the district councillors i was under the assumption that i was the one that had missed something but talking to other councillors i wasn't the only one that missed something there wasn't something to miss in in the in the information that was coming through and um again to me to be the issues i think that the leader of the district council had in relation to the agreement that's been made is that um it was it, apparently it was the process that was being followed but in my opinion, to say something like that is to say that the councillors and the county council weren't capable of making sure that it was a due process that was being followed, which I found a little bit uh, of an insult to the county councillors and quite a lot of them being on the district council as well. And um, as I've said, it's, the deal is going out to consultation. There's nothing to say that the deal that was signed is the final deal. This isn't kind of coming to process until or coming to fruition until May 2024. So there's a long way 
between now and then for the funding that has been allocated to to Norfolk. And I think since that signing of the the agreement, I think the funding has gone up already. So there's nothing to say that they can't um, negotiate a better deal as time goes on. But um, I think any leader should always consult with their councillors before, you know, with their members before they should go out in public and and make an announcement. It should always be that um, the members should be aware of things before it goes to, um, it goes out to public. That I found slightly frustrating. And that side of things I won't miss at all. Um, The politics even though it's just, you know, district level, um, I, I won't miss that side of things at all. I think that as um, as a group, you should all have a discussion and you should all come to an agreement and uh, a democratic agreement and, and take it from there. Well, you see, lots of people will be saying, now, what's this got to do with local councils? And I guess the answer to that is, it could be you, as the National Lottery always say. (laughs) And actually, you know, these are the sorts of things that are happening across the country with more devolution deals, and actually how they are managed and how they are addressed and how they are communicated to the community is actually incredibly important. And, And I think on the whole, you're right, you know, a lot of this could have been done better. And I think the problem with being so close to the district council elections, and obviously the county council elections aren't happening until next year locally here in Norfolk, um, by which time I will be working for other councils, God willing, and you will be sunning yourself, no doubt, somewhere. Um, and, <laughs> and, 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 and local authorities will be but a distant memory. Um, you know, I think that the for the district councillors they've got their mind on the election the county councillors have got their mind on next year and there's an awful lot of as you say an awful lot of time between now and then and their focus is very different to that of the district councillors so i do always think it's it's not helpful to air your kind of dirty laundry in public as local authorities but then again sometimes you have to and you know it's one of those things where Districts and towns and uh, parish councils sometimes have to be unpopular with other local authorities to both get their way and to draw attention to some of the issues that are going on. So we shall see what will happen with devolution um, locally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I agree with that. That's good. (laughs) I'm moving on. And so, is there anything else? Like, uh, what do you think you'll be doing? Kind of after you step down, do you have anything else planned? Do you have anything else in mind? And will you continue, of course, to do this podcast with us? Because I'm hoping that your kind of experience, your knowledge, and your interest in local government won't go as soon as you step down. I know. I shall still be. I shall still be watching from the sidelines as to um, to what's happening. And that will maybe determine whether I come back in four years' time do or not. Do you really think you will? I might do. Really? And then again, I might not. Well, no, it depends on what happens in life. If I find other ventures that um, I enjoy and um, and don't take up so much 
of my my family time, I suppose, that's the thing. Um, then, you know, who knows? But uh, and again, you know, if I mean, the, you're still if young. The next, you're still young. <laughs> <laughs> if the next council that comes along, do you know? That's the one thing I never want to do. I never want to be um, seventy plus and be um, a Dodrinol fool. On the council, Jesus, that is a um, bit harsh to people who are in their early seventies who are absolutely sprightly running around like they're in their thirties, no, and they are no, doctory old councillors. <laughs> Listen to them. No, that's not. That's not to say that everybody in their seventies are doddery old fools. It's not um, everyone. Oh well, that's know, some... fine. Not not everyone. Okay. Obviously, the majority. Well, let's, let's take it. Okay, let's take it to the nineties then. No, because on the district council, we've got a ninety-one. 92 year old he must be he's now he's fitter than I am and you know he's yeah he is what do you mean yes he, he is he, I was joking <laughs> he is he really really is he goes out jogging I know he does all the time on. he yeah he, and you know it is just and that really his brain his mind is as quick and um you know Every detail is um, is much better than mine is at the moment. But well, no, yeah, he's, he's amazing. A hole. <laughs> but this no, 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 it's not. And and then sometimes you think, well, is it because he's on the council and he's got something to focus on? And um, you know, he's but he I think all his life he's always been somebody who who has been very focused on whatever he's doing. I think it's just good genes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, again, you know, it could be. But this is so. This is this is the thing you have to be careful about. Is that if you sometimes you can overload and you've just got so much going on, your brain can't take it, and it thinks, "Oh, I'm sounding like a gibberish old fool because there's so much in my head that I don't know where to start getting it out." Um, so you've got that side of things, or you've got it so that um, you, you know you're you're just so laxy daisy about everything that your brain is just shutting down anyway. So you just have to be careful. You you have to I think if you don't use it, you lose it. Oh. Is that a saying by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't lose it, you yeah, you don't lose it, you've lost it. <laughs> yeah, it was a saying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? So no, I think that it's it is really important you have to keep your mind active. If um if you know, if you don't, then it will just start shutting down. And I will um talking of shutting down, um we are running over time and I know that you have places to be no. Yeah, places to be, people... Places to go, people to that's see. That's the one. You see, God, we're not doing well with the sayings this time, are we? You see, that's just how rusty no, I think I gotten. did okay, actually. No, I think I did okay. I think it was you, who's many, many years younger, who, um, who messed just up. Just listen back. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is, to start off the new year, you know, we have a lot of things to to talk about leading up to the, uh, the elections. However... We will, when it comes to the pre-election period, um, not be running things, you know, that that basically involves an awful lot of political talk because no one likes that around election periods. And so what I am going to say is anyone who sends in a topic of conversation that they think is suitable for the pre-election period will get. Thank you for listening to the Standing Orders podcast by Politis. Please like and subscribe to get your weekly edition. 
You can suggest topics by emailing podcast at polytisconsulting.co.uk. See you next week.